What's good, Bill? How are you, man? Good to see good. you. Good. How are you? Doing all right. All right, man. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm stoked, brother. Let's uh, let's get after it. You ready to rock? Sure. Let's go. Let's see what you got. Let's do it, man. All right, man. How you been tonight? All right. Yeah, I've got got my cardio in. I know you just got yours in. I got my running a little earlier, so. Yeah, man. Nice, nice. Oh, we're gonna talk out. about that. We're gonna talk about a little running uh, action. I because I, I saw that uh, you got some background there. So we'll do that. We'll talk about it all. Let's get into it, man. Odenton, Maryland, the Charm City Justice. Odenton, Maryland. That's where you're from. Originally New York. I'm gonna find out about that in a minute. But what uh Odenton, Maryland, what's that like, man? Where's that uh where you live? Give me uh give me a little background on Odenton. So we uh we, we split the difference between DC and Baltimore. So we're about 25 minutes outside of each, right in the middle. It's a military town. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there's a huge army base in in town. We we have no connection to it just there, but that's you know. That's what the town is known for. There's a huge army base right there. So an army base. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I know there's good. a lot of like naval stuff around, obviously, Annapolis. In Annapolis, yep. Yep. Right. But there's the, the there's an army base too. All right. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Cool, the the uh the NSA is on the campus of the army base. So most people around here are either work for the NSA or are affiliated with you know with the army in some way. Nice. You got a lot of people with like secret jobs and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's not uncommon to oh, what do you do? Oh, I can't tell you. It's not all that uncommon around here. To get that yeah, answer. I grew up with a, I grew up with a kid who lives like I don't know in Maryland, like yeah, probably like in that general region, and uh, and his parents like were like yeah, we can't we can't really tell, uh, we don't even know what he does. <laughs> like he can't even tell us what he does. So I'm like oh okay, he's one of those jobs. All right uh no that's cool um but you don't necessarily have one of those jobs uh we'll talk about that in a minute because i'm very interested in in, uh, in what you do and how you got into it talk uh tell me about where you're from you're originally from the york area you're a giants fan of course yeah yeah i, I was born in the bronx uh you know one of the five boroughs but uh my I wife was, was also say that again my wife was also born in the bronx oh okay yeah. how'd that happen and then you landed in boston <laughs> I'm glad she did. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I was raised at, uh, in between first and second grade. We moved out to, to the suburbs about an hour north of New York City. So I, I, I was raised in, you know, white picket fence, you know, yeah. super suburban, the whole the whole nine yards with the backyard and all that super suburban built. But uh, everybody yeah. kind of worked, you know, had a connection to New York City and they worked down there. So it was a 45 minute hour commute. Nice, nice. Yep. So came down here for school and. Wait, so did you go to did you go to University of Maryland? Yep. So you're a Terrapin. I am. Yes, very proud Terrapin. Turtle up. All right, let's yes. go. Juan Dixon, all that shit. We had a um. What year did you graduate high school, man? I graduated high school in '01. Okay, so you, this is way before you then. I was gonna say because I we had a kid, um, like uh, uh like the best running back who ever played for our high school went down uh, and played at university of maryland for four years matt galapinski nice. and he uh he was like 17 years old and starting against florida state back when like florida state was like the old florida state yeah um and shit and so he was like 17 starting against them it was fucking wild anyway but he was he, he would have been yeah he was he, he would have been like probably like 96 through 99 or something like that so okay so yeah i just yeah, yeah when i started with the the running back was bruce perry he ended up okay. making like <laughs> he was all acc my freshman yeah. year 
Yeah, Cal Cal blocked for he was a fullback. He blocked for Lamont Jordan. You remember Lamont okay. Jordan? Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Lamont Jordan held all the records before. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. So uh, he was he was the it was the fullback for Lamont Jordan. So yep. Nice. All right. So you got the uh, you got the tarps. Um, moved down to college. Never came back. My brother's like that. He moved. He went to George Mason down to Virginia and never came back. So that's my my brother's down to Virginia there. So I, I get all that. Now, did you did you 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 married in two thousand eight? Did you meet your wife down there? Yeah, we actually met bef- at freshman orientation before school started. That's awesome. So, yeah, we we met like the first day of freshman orientation, and uh, it took me a while to convince her to go out with me, but uh, <laughs> nice. eventually it all worked out. Yeah, but you by by like sometime freshman year, you were you you were you were an item. Oh uh, yeah, you know I I was. I was hooked right away. Took, yeah. took took me almost all freshman. She was still dating somebody from her high school, so it took me okay. almost all freshman year to convince her to go out with me. Yeah, but, that's uh, awesome, though, man. Hey, perseverance. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Clearly, it paid off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're married yeah. 15 years this year, so that's awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. All right, and then uh, when you started at Ross Awards in 2016, you had an infant son. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I got I don't know that I caught the name of your, your son. What's your son's name? So my son's name is Declan. Declan. Irish name. Nice. Yep. Yeah, that's a good that's a good like good legit Irish name. We got we got a good amount of um Irish around where I where I'm from. Like they call like the South Shore uh, a lot of a lot of like the um the the families that lived in Dorchester and South Boston and Southie end up moving down to like the South shore area. And mm-hmm. so they call like Marshfield where I live situate, like they call it like the Irish Riviera, like, like, this, like insane population of Irish people. So, uh, with Irish backgrounds anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of good Irish names around, uh, around oh, yeah, where I'm from. We got plenty of like, uh, Seamus's and Fionn's and shit like that <laughs> yeah. in class. Uh, but then you had a daughter, Daughter, just in uh, 2018, a couple years later, MJ, right? Yep, MJ, Mora Joe. Yep, Mora Joe, awesome. Yeah. What's uh, how's how are they doing, man? How's how's life with the two kids? Oh man, they're great. They're uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's that's the whole life, right? That's all. All the time is two yep. kids. Declan's uh, Declan's got ADHD, so he's always mm-hmm. running around trying to run through walls and yeah do whatever he can and you know more joe's just trying to keep up and be the same as her older brother so yeah yeah keep us busy yep that's awesome man are they into like anything like they, they found any like passions they're into yet yeah Declan Declan plays soccer all um, right so uh and more joe is taking after her mom and she's a runner so we uh we got her signed up for different running clubs and and what have you so she loves oh, doing that's that. awesome that's yep. super cool for like being so young man what's she like five she's five yeah yeah they start like so the they start doing races at the age of two at one of the like they call it healthy kids. Yeah, so they get the the little kids out there toddling down for fifty yards, going from the start to the finish. Um, That's awesome. She, yep, she just joined the. So my wife and I are in a running club, and she just joined the junior version. Actually, they both did. My son signed up too. So they're gonna finish with a a race for a mile at uh, in a couple of weeks. So they're they're training for that now. That's so great, man. Like, that's such, like, a healthy thing to, like, get kids into. You know what I mean? Like, just getting them used to moving their bodies and, like, exercising and stuff. Like, to have that ingrained at a young age is huge. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. She loves it. She's always got a huge grin on her face whenever she's running. So it doesn't matter where she finishes. Just let, you know, 
she unfortunately caught her mom and dad's genes, so she's not real fast, but she, she's out there moving. That's awesome. But, but like, that's the that's awesome thing about running is, like, it's just a, a battle throughout. You know what I mean? Like, just having yeah. someone to, like, mock ahead of you. Be like, I want to catch that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you may not yeah. catch the, the end. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not gonna win the race necessarily, but you're gonna win stages, and then you just keep, you know, the the personal records, personal bests, all that. You're battling yeah. yourself out there as much as anything. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's great, great for me. Awesome. That's super cool. All right, so uh, we'll talk around it a little bit more in a minute. Uh, your career, very interesting. You're in social work, man. What got you into social work in the first place? So I was, um, I started off as an architecture major in college for about 30 seconds and I hated, like, I, I hated my first class. So yep. the University of Maryland has the, at the time, I don't know if they still do or not, they had the top ranked um, criminal justice program in the country mm -hmm. for graduate studies. So it was, hu it was huge. Um, and it makes sense with all the, you know, the federal agencies sure. around here. Um and I started pre 9-11. So back then, like, if you wanted to work for the feds, you got a criminal justice, you know, degree. Yeah. like it was before, you know, Arabic and computer science and physics were the things they were looking for. So right. um, I, I started, you know, I switched over to criminal justice classes and I could get an additional bachelor's degree in psychology without that much more. So I ended up with a bachelor's in criminal justice and a bachelor's in psychology. And I went to a career fair. Huh. And that the first like place that offered me a job outside of uh, outside of college was doing um, casework, case management for uh, juveniles in the justice system. So they had been, you know, kids charged with crimes. Um, Interesting. And so I was doing case management for them, working for the state, and the state yeah. paid for me to get. They would pay for me to go to college or go, you know, go back go to grad school. So. Yeah. The, the degree that seemed to make the most sense at that time with my undergrad stuff was, was social work. So I'm not going to turn down a free graduate degree. Sure. So went and got, uh, went and got my master's in social work while I was working full time. And, uh, yeah, so I, I ended up working in the schools when I got out of, um, got out of social work school. I was a social worker for a special education school for emotionally disturbed kids for a few years. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I left. <laughs> funny that the the school I was working at was privately funded, and there were rumors that it wasn't going to make it, like they were going to lose their funding. Yeah. So I left for the nice, stable job in the public school system. I went and was a social worker in a middle school right outside of DC, and then they laid me off after nine months. Oh. So <laughs> like, I had my oh. not, I, I, and the school I was working for is still there. So, um, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because you know I. Um, they laid me off right before the summer started. So, um, I had some, you know, I looked around and, and got lucky and found the, the forensics job I'm in now. And I've been, I've been there ever since going on eight years now. Nice. So, so yeah. this, is that the job where you get, you get the mentally ill out of jail and into treatment? Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah? what, yeah, that's, that's what we do. We do, we do evaluations for, uh, Anybody, anybody who's charged with a crime in Baltimore City where somebody says, we think they have a mental illness and we want to know if we can get them into treatment. Mm. Um, and then that's what we do. I mean, at this point, I'm, a, I'm an administrator, so most of my work is paperwork and emails, but that's what, that's what my program does. Yeah, and I, want, and I was going to ask you about like your newer role that you've worked into, but, but originally on, on one, of your, one of your posts in your owner's box thread, you put uh, you said that you were, you were at your, your former role you said you were a regular at the Baltimore City Jail, yeah? 
Yep. And you said, and I and I, I related to this man because I, I I worked in a, a juvenile prison for for a while, a couple of years. All right. Uh, you said I've been I, I've been hit, bit, spit on, peed on, robbed, called every name in the book. Right. Yep. Uh, so I vibe with that. I'll tell you a little on mine in, in a minute. But what like what's like the wildest story in your time when you were in the um, working in the jails and prison? So so it's weird. Like none of those stories come out of the jail. They all come out of the the kids in the special ed school. OK, um, interesting. That's interesting. Because yeah. because yeah. one of the other notes I put was that you put that you 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 worked emotionally uh, with emotionally disturbed children and i was i was going to ask like did that take kind of an emotional toll in a way seeing some of that stuff yeah yeah i'm, I'm the the kid the kids were hard because mm. you know the you don't get to be most of the time you don't get to be a broken kid unless somebody's done it to you right, right. like you know grown-ups break themselves sometimes but yeah. kids very rarely break themselves there's, like, there's an adult who's done it to them so you know, almost every kid I worked with had god awful story. You know yeah. that that landed them where they were. So foster care and abuse and neglect and yeah. so in a way it it helped me because I, I get the same stories now from the adults because they're in, you know they're in the prison and again most of the time somebody's done something to them in the past that's mm-hmm. you know hurt them. Um, but it was always harder with the kids, right? Like right. I just, I had that hope that they could change. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's why I did what I did, but mm-hmm. the certainly wasn't easy hearing those stories and knowing what they were going home to, right? Like some of them lived at the school um, and some of them, like when they went on break for a few weeks, you knew they were going to come back messed up because mm-hmm. they were spending a few weeks with, you know, and toxic environment. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs yeah. and beatings and, mm-hmm. and all that shit. So, that's awful, man. That's yeah. that's hard, but but respect for for doing that kind of work, though, because that's I mean, you need people to do it. Otherwise, those kids have no hope. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, 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 man. It was it was definitely rewarding for you know you you had to live for the small victories, right? Like you yeah. know you were never gonna have somebody who was who was gonna rarely we we're gonna have somebody who was gonna come and say thank you, you changed my life while you were there. Right. But right. you know if they if they came and they talked to you when they were having a bad day or if they told you about, you know, like their success on a math test or whatever, like you lived for that, right? Like that was Absolutely. just, that was what made it worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I worked with, um, with the juvenile population. So when, uh, I was trying to, uh, I wanted to get a job at Montreal high school, which is where I went to school and mm-hmm. it's where I ended up getting a job. Right. So, but, uh, they didn't have any opening. And so I, I, I taught, for a year in uh in a, ju- in a juvenile prison down in plymouth uh and the 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 prison the ju- it wasn't a juvenile prison it was just a prison it was a plymouth yeah. county correctional facility which is just a regular ass prison right and and uh they had one unit that was dedicated to juveniles it was it was just like every other unit of the prison but it was uh dedicated to juveniles mm-hmm. now they in every other uh, juvenile facility in the state, if you were in different gangs, things like that, they would separate you. They would not mm-hmm. have this, the same gangs co-mingling with each other. And in this one, like if you committed a murder, a rape, or some violent crime anywhere in the state, you didn't go somewhere local like you would for every other juvenile infraction. Right. Right, right, yeah. They just shoveled everyone into Plymouth 
And that meant there were all these like gangs commingling with each other and show like shit popped off all the time. And so there would be like fights and shit and like classes and everything else when they were when uh, when I was teaching there. And then when I had an opportunity to go, I was a I got an opportunity to be a permanent substitute for a year at Marshall High School during the day. And so I stopped Mm -hmm. teaching there. And so I used to be a permanent sub at Marshall High School. This is like me, like gambling on myself to get in, you know, to get the job I wanted. So I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be a permanent sub during the day from seven to two. And then I'm going to be a a CO at the same unit. So I went from being a teacher to being a CO in the unit, you know. Um, So I I would go seven to two there, drive down to the prison, work three to 11, and then go to go drive home, get up, do the same thing again, man. So I was working like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. basically every single night. It was fucking crazy. But it, it paid off, and then I got the job. But then, like a like a, a month and a half before I I uh, was leaving to to take the new uh, job at Marshall High School, uh, when I officially got hired, like full time, uh, I got caught up in these gangs. They like these two warring gangs went after it, and mm-hmm. we had to like break all the shit up. And I got pinned down under this like 400 pound motherfucker on my back. And like these other dudes are like, he like fell down, this fat fucker fell down on my um, on me well and like pinned me down. And like they, I had yeah. my arms on these kids uh, in his armpits. And this other dude came and like ripped the kid off. And like I fucked up my neck to this day, man. My neck is fucked up to this day. So still paying for it like you yeah. know, 20, 23 years later. But what can you do? <laughs> anyway, long yeah, story. Taking down grown ass men who. <laughs> not fun and they're done that don't want to do that anymore yeah man yeah so so yeah do you have do you have any like wild stories from like being in the in a jail or is it all from the from the school stuff i mean most of it's from the school like the weirdest thing i saw in the jail we had a guy who like uh, had a colleague with me i was training her and we saw this guy and we we suggested that he he go he get some kind of evaluation because we thought he was sick right we didn't think Mm -hmm. he understood what was going on Mm -hmm. and so he comes out of the court hearing and we're trying to explain to him what's going on. And he's like, I need my own cell. I need my own cell. And I'm like, like, I don't have that power. Right. Like, are, are you telling me you're going to hurt yourself? You're going to hurt somebody else. Like what's going on? And he has his lunch in his hand and he just says, that's ugly. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And he throws his lunch down on the ground and jumps on the back of the CEO who's with us. Yeah. And just starts trying to take out the CEO. And like the CEO knew it was coming. Like he, he, you know, he, you could tell the CEO was like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. So he knew it was coming, but you know, they had to wrestle him down and drag him, <laughs> drag him to a cell. I mean, successfully, like he went to a hospital cause he wasn't well, but he ended up successfully completing probation once he got into the right treatment. So long, mm. you know, long story, good outcome, but like in the moment, like my poor colleague, it's like her first day in the jail. And she's like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Like, mm. was, you know, is this what's going to go down? I was like, that's, that's the first time I've seen that here. And actually I haven't seen it happen since so most of the time the people i'm i'm working with are you know they're they're either so sick that they're in their cells naked or yeah. like you know they they know that i'm their ticket out and so they they don't fuck with me you know like they they try right. to be on their best behavior because i could be their ticket out so. i i still remember like some of those kids that were in there too were like really mentally ill like seriously oh, yeah. mentally Ill. i mean i i still remember one kid um I, I don't remember his last name i remember his first name and his first initial of his last name you know what i mean and it was like uh 
he was so mentally ill, man. And like, just like, you know, you know, some of the, some of the things they'll do with their own mm-hmm. excrement and shit. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. fucked up, man. Like just, it's just heartbreaking. Cause like when, they, especially when they're kids, man, Yeah, like that, just like that messed you up. Some of the things you see in those prisons, man. Cause I, I think when you, when you work in prison or even if you work, have a job where you are consistently going into prisons, like it's that's that takes a toll. It really does. Like like when when you work in a in, in a prison, you go to prison for eight hours a day. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. this that's a thing. You yeah. know, um, and then you get forced overtime and shit like that. So like so anyone who either works in a prison or or has a job that consistently puts them in a prison, there's a there's a a, a lot that's that's taxing, man. So I have a lot of respect for that, man. Yeah, absolutely. I got a lot of respect for anybody who's a CO. Like yeah. I, I couldn't do, I couldn't do what they do. It's hard, man. It's yeah. hard. Uh, now you did move on, and you said you you got into a newer position where um, back in what 2019, and then in uh, 2020 it became official. You you got uh, the executive director, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've been the executive director for a few years. For okay, for our and program. You, yep. And I was interested. You said uh, the new role put you. Less with clients, more in court. And you said the time in court was the part you enjoy the most. And I was interested in like, what what is it about the court uh, aspect that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. It. Like it's in one way, it lets me see people progress because like mm-hmm. in the when I was doing just the evaluations, I would see them at the front end and I wouldn't really know, like I wouldn't have any follow up. Like I'd set right. them up for treatment and then I wouldn't really know how things are going. So yeah. the court allows me for those that are in the court, it allows me to see them progress through their treatment, good or bad, and kind of know how they're doing. Um, and I had thoughts of being a lawyer um, for a while. And so like, this was a way for me to get into court and see how court works and do everything in court without having to do the lawyer stuff. So, you know, the, the, the minutia of the, the, the legal lease and everything that goes right. on in court, like I, I could focus more on the human aspect than have to, um, you know, that have to worry about always arguing for the state or always arguing for the defense. I get to be a neutral party who just argues for what I think is right. Right. Um, So it ended up working out for me. And we have a, we have a mental health court in Baltimore city. We have, we have two of them. So one for small crimes and one for bigger crimes. Um, And so most of my work is in the the one with the small crimes. Like that's what my, that's where my job is, but I've been filling in for the one at the, with the bigger crimes because we lost the, we lost the person down there. So I'm in court like three or four days a week. Get to hang out with the judges and the lawyers and you know it, it gets me my court fix again without having to go to law school and yeah and argue every point yeah 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 but that's a it's a really good point too like that you bring up about being able to follow a narrative like there's like so that when there is a rewarding outcome you get to at least appreciate that and see that and they're not yeah. all of course they're not all like right. that but you get to appreciate it more where if in, if you're just doing the intake stuff on a front end, you probably just never stop the cycle of intake, 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 right? Yep. Yeah. Cause that shit never stops coming. I know that. Nope. No. <laughs> we got, I think my program had a little, like, I think I just looked, we had like, we've had like 400 referrals this year yeah. so far. So our, 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 you know, our, um, our year ends on June 30th. So we're, okay. we're almost at the end. So, but you know, if you think about 400 people over the, it's over one a day, like you're never, you never, you know, you never seeing most of these people again. Mm. So, yeah. Wow, wow, man. All right, so uh, moving on from the career stuff, uh, one of the things that I was fascinated with 
you just posted back in 2017 that you uh, just like out of nowhere posted that you ran a Baltimore marathon. Yeah, I can. I, my wife just came in. She's cooking dinner now. I can thank her for that one. Yeah, <laughs> she she said, "Bill, I want to sign. I want I want to run a marathon." I said, "Okay, that you know that, that's great. You go set that goal." She goes, "Yeah, I signed us up for Baltimore." I'm like, what do you mean us? <laughs> what do you no mean way. you signed us up for Baltimore? So, uh, so yeah, so like, well, I better get to get to training because I've never run anything close to that. So, so did you train? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I had a okay. train a bunch. Yeah, so I've run, I've finished three of them now, and we're signed up for. I'm signed up for my fourth coming up in uh, November, and I'm, you know, so I'm I'm training now for the one in November. Nice, nice. All right, so I vibe with this on multiple reasons. All right, first of all, not only did you run the Baltimore Marathon, but then. You ran like less than a month later. You ran the Philly Marathon. Yeah. So my the, the second time I ran Baltimore, the first time I ran Baltimore, I finished, but I got injured, so my time was atrocious. The second time, um, I, I I've been training really well. I was having really good training, and then race day, I just something happened. You can probably read in, in the post what happened, well, but I had you, some you forgot your energy shoes in a porta potty. Yeah, my energy shoes yeah. fell out, so I, I did not come anywhere close to my goal time, and I was pissed. Right. Yeah, because um, I like I I had such good training. So mm -hmm. Philly was a month later, and so I signed up for for Philly a month later, and, and went out. I missed my goal, but only by like a minute, minute and a half. Yeah. So you know, over the course of twenty six miles, I'll take that. I'll consider that Hell a win. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hell yeah, that's, that's awesome, that man. So I ran, I ran three marathons. Okay, but I, I ran them all. I don't know if I ever told the story on the on the show. <laughs> or not. If I have, stop me. But I ran three marathons, and they were all by myself. <laughs> they were all my own marathons. <laughs> virtual heard? race. They call them virtual races now. Yeah, you go out and you do, you do them for yourself. That's what I did, man. Right? I don't know if you have, have you heard, have you ever heard me tell the story? No, I don't think I know All this right. one. So, 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 what I did was I had a I had a buddy who had uh I had a buddy who went to high school with and he had, he had passed away and I, I used to run all the time. I used to run like six miles a day, mm -hmm. but I never ran more than that. Like one time I ran nine miles and that was it. But I never ran more than six miles other than that one time that I ran nine miles. Anyway, this this guy that I went to high school with he. he passed suddenly and i was like shit like that was, you know i was thinking about him one one night while i was running and i'm like man that's fucked up life is short and all that right and because i have like like immune system my immune system sucks so bad and so i used to get sick all the time like in the springtime like i would always be like rocked out of my mind like i'd be out of school for like over a week it seemed like mm -hmm. every spring around the time when like the boston marathon would happen i was like dude i would love to like train for the boston marathon but with my immune system, like I'm gonna fucking, I would train for it and then I'd get sick and not be able to run it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, can't I just run a marathon? This is my this is my thinking, right? I'm like, if I just refuse to stop running, can't I just keep running? Like everyone says, you got to train to run a marathon. I'm like, I don't know if I do. Like, <laughs> I think if I just refuse to stop running, I think I could just run a marathon. This was my thinking. So I was like, dude, I want to try it. So I fucking did. I fucking charted out a course around my whole town, right? And did, like on the odometer. Mm -hmm. And then I, I drove around the course and I dropped water every three miles on the side of the road. 
and then I fucking ran it, and I had my water station built in on the side of the road. That's badass, man. So I fucking ran a marathon, and I did it. Now, the first time I did it, I didn't eat well the first time, so I vibed with you on that because I had to fucking hit the bathroom like three times during yeah. the race. Not fun, right? The no, second, so the, the two times after, I never had that issue because I figured out, like, don't eat the way I was eating. But, uh, yeah, energy gels and shit like that, that makes a big difference. So the last yeah. two times I did it was good. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so that was awesome, man. I, and, I'm, and I'm very impressed that you're still running like that because, first of all, my body doesn't respond the same way anymore. So I, I, don't, I don't know that I could run a marathon anymore. But you're still back running and hitting another marathon coming up. You had this major disc issue in 2020, man. You had to have spinal surgery and shit. Like yeah, that's it was bad like surgery. A, I don't think they touched my spine, thank God. But okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad but that's not like a big deal, man. It, it sucked, yeah. I mean, it, like, I got lucky in the fact that it happened during COVID, so I didn't have to like, worry too much about work and all that because I was working virtually. But, yeah, it, okay. got, it got bad. I was bedridden for a while. I had to go to the ER at one point and fell down, had to get taken by the, uh, the ambulance to the ER. That was, you know, embarrassing. But got through it, got the surgery, and been working back since. That's awesome, man. So if that's geez, it sounds like it, man. Like that's a big uh that's a big comeback if you back running marathons and shit, brother. That's great. Yeah, well All right, I, so I haven't finished yet. We'll see. I've 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 gone up to sixteen and a quarter so far since the nice. surgery. So we got we're gonna That's see. awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. Sick. I love it. Um one thing I love doing is I love running in uh in like extreme weather. Like I used to love running in like snow. Or like like crazy rain or whatever. like I used to love running and shit that like nobody else would ever go running. Like I used to love it. Like like Steph would be around town and people would be like, I saw Brian running. Like, what the hell was he doing? And uh and and she used to get a kick out of that. Um but uh yeah, and so the the one thing I used to do when I was down in Sanibel is I used to run like a half marathon in Sanibel, it would be like a 97 degree heat index or whatever. I used to love that shit, man. I was like, no, no, the heat kills me. Like, I we just it. did, we just did a 10k this past weekend. Every Father's Day, they do a 10k, a local 10k, and thank God it. Like, I've run that race where, like, you get off, and I, I'm like, God, I like it. the The amount of sweat pouring off for me is just yeah. disgusting. <laughs> like, thank God it was only 75 this year, but I, I hate the heat. I, I do love it though. Oh, yeah, I, I love the heat, yeah. man. But hey, different things for different folks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's all good. Um. All right. So let's go. Let's get to the uh, nuts and bolts uh, questions that I always do. Bill in high school, your senior year. What uh, What were you into, man? What What like What was your hair like? What was your What What car were you driving? What music were you into? Favorite movie? Whatever. Like what What did you do? Like what did you do in high school? Did you play sports? All that shit. I was a huge fucking nerd the whole high school. Yeah. Like, was, all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I was a I mean, I, I'm still a straight edge. Everybody still tells the truth, but like, I was a huge straight edge nerd. Like, yeah. top ten in the class, focused on academics. Like, nice. Just, yeah. Um, like, I had I had my group of friends. Like, I played rec basketball the whole time, but like, mm -hmm. I was yeah, I was I was never really all that good. But um, got a car. I think like, I think I had a. Sh oh God, Chrysler LeBaron. I think my first car was a Chrysler LeBaron back in high school. Nice. That's a good so, throwback. High school yep. kid. Yeah. Yeah. So 
music. I was in I was a nineties pop kid, so like Hootie and the Blowfish. Um There you go. Yeah. Uh was kind of my thing. Um I don't know. I, I had my group of friends and we had fun. I played magic at the gathering a bunch. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I was into that by my senior year, but like it was, we just had our nerd dumb and, you know, we, we played pool and watched movies and hung out and had a good time. And, you know, we're socially awkward, which is kind of what we did. That's all good, man. That's great though, man. That's awesome. What, uh, did you do like Dungeons and Dragons at all? Did you have a phase? I never, of I never played Dungeons and Dragons. That's, no. that's just like a different level or a different, you know, different, different lane of nerd dumb that I never got into. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, and I've always been huge, like into watching sports. Like I, you know, I, okay. Anytime sports were on TV, I was watching base. Baseball was my thing growing up, but baseball, hockey, basketball, football didn't really matter. If there were sports on TV, I was watching. Like my wife laughs at me. She walked in on me once at freshman freshman year of college. We were watching competitive double dutch on like ESPN, my roommate and I. So like if there was a competition going on, I was into watching it. All right. Nice. That's awesome, man. I love it. Great. Um all right, what uh, what are your other hobbies? Like, if you have a free Saturday, what are you into? Like, like, like other stuff you're into? Um, I coach my kid's soccer team, and I'm the commissioner for his soccer league, so that takes up most of my Saturdays. Okay. So we, uh, you know, we've got the local kids from three years old to we just expanded, so three years old to nine years old. Like, I'm in charge of that whole a co commission. So my co commissioner and I are in charge of that. So they run a fall season and a spring season of I think about eight games six to eight games so that that takes up a lot a lot of time you know setting rosters and yeah uh, painting fields and telling parents they got to chill and all that you know telling coaches that you know they actually got a coach that sort of thing yeah um, that's a lot that to juggle there's a lot of balls to juggle man like yeah 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 and between that and you know between that and running like once once marathon training starts like my weekends you know i got a, i got a lot like three hours a weekend to to doing to doing running and training runs and between that and yeah. soccer and my five and seven year old there isn't there isn't a ton of free time for me right like I, and i'm right. i'm big into my church go to church every weekend so awesome. um you know that's that's my relaxing well my kids come with me so it's not so relaxing but that's supposed to be my relaxing yeah relaxing time so you know that now soccer season's over the kids are out of school i'm hoping to get back into video games a little bit. I heard you, um, like I just watched Ben's today. I know Ben's playing the switch a lot. We got my son a switch for, uh, for his, uh, for Christmas. So I, I play that awesome. a little bit. What, uh, what's, what's, what video games are you into? Uh, sports mostly, although the, so I've been playing Mario golf and Mario Kart with my son. Most recently he, yeah. he's trying to get into Pokemon a little too much reading for him. So I got to play with him and read, read him what's, what's going on on the screen. Nice. But uh, yeah. And then I, I, uh, I gamble small amounts of money frequently. So okay. I'm like, that's, uh, you know, at, at night, like if there's a game on, I'll put a small bet on it just so I have something to root for and, and watch what's going on. Cool. I would, you know, like I, I used, I did like, a I I was never really good at gambling. I never really got into it. I hated losing money kind of even more than I like winning it. I feel like, so, so I never really got into it. And then I, but I also like did a bunch of like promo things where I started like multiple accounts on DraftKings and FanDuel for like some free shit on some other site. Yep. 
and then now I can't tell which one is my actual account and they won't, they've like frozen me out of all the accounts. So I'm like, <laughs> I would love to like do these like Rossum was things where they like do like the DraftKings and the FanDuel yeah. thing. Like I can't figure out how to get my account back. I'm like, I tried like contacting them too. And like, they, I just get like some bot response. Yeah. So I have no idea what what the, how to do it. Anyway, so uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a sign for me to not gamble. So probably, <laughs> yeah, I, I play. I used to play daily fantasy sports a lot, and then they they legalized sports gambling in Maryland, mm -hmm. and so I switched because like daily fantasy sports, like I don't have the bankroll to go up against these guys dropping yeah. you know thousands of dollars in every competition, and you know to have it. You know, I ended up with a. I hit a couple of big ones once or twice that bankrolled yeah. me, and I could just. Now, I've been playing with the same like two hundred dollars that I entered into the account like five years ago, and it just keeps okay. recycling through, you know. So, yeah, I know like there are people on that DFS stuff that are like, oh yeah, like if you know how to like work that algorithm, apparently like it's either you you're in that or you're not in that, and if you're not in that realm, like you're you're just confused. You got yeah, you got to get real lucky. I, I I don't lie. I pay for I pay for advice, so I, yeah. <laughs> like I'm a member of one of the. Okay. CBS like sports line gave me all my DFS advice and it you know like I said it, it kept me kept me in the positive won me a few grand a couple times and that was enough to keep me happy and entertained. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe at some point I'll I'll figure out this uh, this account yeah. thing and, and get back into it. Um, all right. So, what uh, what's something on your bucket list, Bill? I was thinking about that today. Like I. I uh, I would love to go. Like I've been to Ireland. My my dad's first generation, so like mm. I went back and saw where my grandma and grandpa grew up and like visited the family pub. Um, but I only got to see half the country. So like there's the the west coast of Ireland that I've never been to that that is supposed to be like naturally gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to get back over there and just be able to to see that part of the country, um, to see that natural beauty. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, love it. That's great. Um, what's what's Need the kids a little older in order to take that long a, a plane ride to get them over there? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a challenge when they're young, right? Yeah. Uh, all the more so. Uh, what is the what would you say besides Ireland? What would you say is the another favorite place you've traveled to? I only say besides because you already just mentioned that one. So yeah. Um... I have a, I'm not. I'm not a huge traveler. Um, mm. I, I did. Um, the last time I've been to the West Coast was, I think, like I was in like middle school. So I'd love to get back out there and, and experience mm. it as an adult. Um, I went to Vegas once with my wife. Um, I'd love to get back out there, but my wife, I laugh. I say she can't breathe west of the Mississippi. Whenever she gets into the altitude, she has breathing issues. Oh, really? So like she, can't, we've done Denver. We've done vegas and they don't they don't work for her so i can't take oh. I can't take her anywhere that's yeah. west of the mississippi um it's either wow. too dry or too high so um, okay i'd love to get back out to vegas but that's you know got to do that without the wife because she can't breathe gonna have to get the we're gonna have to get the roster wars meet up out there then yeah, yeah we'll have to go hang out at burns place yeah right <laughs> <laughs> uh nice uh what would you say is your greatest accomplishment of your life bill uh, it's got to be my kids. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's the that's the easy answer, right? But that's the the uh, that's the thing, man. They're 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 my whole life right now. So like, I I keep trying to 
you know, remind myself, like when they annoy the hell out of me, like there'll be some day where I wish that they were, you know, banging on my door or bugging me to do little shit with them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's irksome sometimes now, but, um, like I keep trying to in my head be like, all right, I wish I was doing something different right now, but someday I'm going to wish I had said, yes, I'll go help you, you know, take a bath or help you tie your shoes or whatever. And so, so I try to take advantage of that now. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Um, we, we always talk about roster wars. It's been, you know, it's a community. Unlike anything else, what's, what's something that always like jumps out to you as like an anecdote. If you were trying to explain to someone what makes it special, uh, what makes it so different than everything else? Like what's, what's something that like you would say to like explain it to somebody who doesn't understand. Man, like it's, it's completely a family. Like it really is like my, my parents and, you know, my wife's starting to get it a little bit like, but she doesn't get like why I just flew to Minnesota to hang out with a bunch of guys I'd never met before. Right. Yeah. Like, um, like she, she's supportive of me doing this, but she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get what's going on. Right. Like, yeah. and, um, so I, when I tell, like, we go visit, um, Sam, my, my father-in-law has a house in, um, Elizabeth city. So we mm-hmm. see Sam, um, we've seen Sam once down there. We're going to see him again this summer when we go down. Right. And like my father-in-law is like, well, how the hell do you know this guy? Like, what, what, like, it's just some online rando. Right. Like, so, but there's just that camaraderie. Like when you meet people in, you know, in real life, so to speak off of roster wars, like we just all get along because yeah. there's just this, this camaraderie, um, that's built on the boards. Right. Like I never knew, I never, um, I never met Bob. Like I never knew Bob, but like, yeah. He was, he obviously meant so much to everybody who ever met him. Yeah. Um, and just like, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get that in any other fantasy football league, right? Like I'm in fantasy football leagues with people I know and there's mm-hmm. not that camaraderie. There's not that Absolutely. Closeness. So, um, so yeah. I, and you know, we're all, we're all there for each other, right? Like everybody, when, when somebody has a bad day, Mm. or somebody's in a bad way like everybody's there to support no matter what you know like no matter what's going on even if you're you're you know you're pissed off at somebody over something that happened somewhere else on the board right like we're we're all a huge family right like we're gonna fight like brothers and sisters sometimes sure. but like when it comes down to it we're gonna be there for each other that's awesome it's really well said and well put bro i love that Thanks. that's great man all right well it's 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 we're we're good ways in here we're pretty deep why don't we start our draft for today Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. So we are going to do today the greatest sports moments of all time. That is our draft. Top five greatest sports moments of all time. Now, it'll be interesting to see how you decide to go with this. I I don't know. Like, either one of us could read things a little bit differently here. You obviously have the number one overall draft pick. So... (laughs) You go ahead and and kick us off and get us started. So so it's weird. Like when I first started thinking about this, right? Like there's the moments that mean the most to me, mm-hmm. you know, in my fandom, right? Like that, and some of them will pop up on the list. And and I should probably apologize because it's gonna look like I'm shitting on Boston in a couple of my picks. And I like I didn't realize it until it was too late. And I was like, oh, man, like this is this is gonna look like I'm just the New York Boston thing, right? And then there's you. there's like. Declan's first goal, which is probably my greatest moment, but right. nobody, nobody else gives a shit about that, right? Like, um, so and then there's these moments that transcend sports, and like that's where I'm starting, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's the miracle on ice, right? Like, do you believe in miracles? Johnson over to Ramsey. Do you let them off? Gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 
seconds, 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Yep. The U.S. over the Soviets, right? Like, it meant so much more than just a hockey game. It wasn't even the gold medal game. Like, most, you know, people forget that. Like, it wasn't even the right. gold medal game. But it just means so much. And, like... That, that do you believe in miracles and what it meant during the Cold War, I think is it's going to be my 1.01. The meaning of it was huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so huge. Like, so big. So big. So so this is – and that's and that's uh, 100%. Like, the meaning of things can be a great reason to be drafting these, like, top five moments, right? When I, when I put my board together – Right. I put together my list of stuff like I put a lot of stuff where I'm like, I should draft this, but I'm going to draft this. Right. Like (laughs) like if I if I'm drafting strictly for like uh, an important moment, then obviously, like for me, I would say like Jackie Robinson breaking a color barrier in baseball. Right. Like that would be like a very of course, that's one of the most important moments like. It meant so much more than sports, right there, right? right? Yep. And, uh, so that's on my list here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, like, like I was thinking of going there, and so, um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what I, what I was thinking of, because I don't want to steal your, your, what might be on your board anymore. So I won't do that. I'll, get, I'll do some honorable mentions after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and draft the stuff I decided to draft, and it's the most important sports moment of my lifetime because it never felt the same afterwards was the Patriots winning the Super Bowl the first time against the Rams, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The greatest show on turf there, Uh, that great upset, the final sequence when Madden is saying the only thing to do right here is play for overtime. I think that the Patriots with this field position, you have to just run the clock out. You have to play for overtime now. I don't think you want to force anything here. You don't want to do anything stupid. Because you have no timeouts and you're backed up. And Brady, the young kid, you know what I mean? Like, just just knocks him right down the field, gets him in position. Vinatieri kicks that field goal, and it was just, like, the most incredible upset. I just remember what that felt like, man. The first time mm-hmm. they – they like, we just – I'd never known that before that the Pagers could ever win a Super Bowl. They they really – they, they didn't have a shot against the Bears in 85 – they it was they was not that close against the Packers at all. It was not never really thought they were gonna win that game. And so when they finally did it, it was just the most like euphoric thing for me. I was with all my like my best friends growing up in high school and shit. Uh we got back together, we were watching the game. I remember jumping into my friend Andy's arms and uh and we were like in tears, man. We were so happy. It was just so much fun. And and that was just such a blast. So for me, that's like my greatest moment mm-hmm. and it was a great moment to kick off uh that Patriots dynasty run there so that was my number one overall pick what do you got number two well so I had Jackie Robinson but we already talked about that so I'll, I'll go slightly different and I'll 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 bag on the Patriots for a minute okay. and it's gonna be the helmet catch yeah the, yeah the Kyrie helmet catch like I was I was at a friend's house and this was right when like HD was becoming a thing right so upstairs they had the the game on HD and downstairs they had it on SD or whatever you want to call it and yeah. the um the stream downstairs the stream it, it was a few seconds ahead downstairs cuz it was in HD no shit so okay. we're watching downstairs and you know he 
he makes that catch and everybody downstairs obviously explodes, right? Like it's, yeah. it's huge. You know, it, you, that season you were, you know, you, you were either a Patriots fan right, or all of the 31 teams were rooting against them, right? Like exactly. it was just that thing, right? So everybody, everybody goes nuts when, when the catch happens and, it, you know, it destroys the undefeated season and, you know, gets their Giants, their Super Bowl, like a, the, the one that, that I remember the most, like when they when they beat the Bills back in '89, I was you know I was I was young, right? Like that didn't right. didn't catch catch with me. So that was that was probably the coolest thing that I watched like on TV happen live. That's awesome. That's right. I yeah. I respect that, man. To be honest with you, I had that on my list. Like I had it on my list where I was like, I the way I wrote it on my list, I I I. I I'll tell you. I'll tell you how, how I was thinking yeah. of it afterwards. But I had it on my list mm-hmm. uh, because I recognized it was such an important moment. It was also like the year that the Patriots went eighteen and all, which nobody had ever done, and right. like that unfortunately gets like vastly overshadowed by the fact that they went eighteen one, right? Yeah. Um, so you know they, it is what it is. But I, I think. The fact that it happened based on like that helmet catch, the most like impossible play you've ever seen. The fact that it was like the last—I think it was the last catch he ever made in the NFL. If I'm not mistaken, I think Tyree. I don't think he ever made another catch in the NFL. Um, And and uh, it was just so crazy. And it's just from a sports drama perspective, like you said, with the entire planet. If you're not a Patriots fan, you were an anti-Patriots fan in that game. And so the fact that it came out the way it came out, like, look, I have I had so much joy through that Patriots run. I cannot be selfish and <laughs> and, and, and and say I should have had any more than I have. I had so much fun with it, bro. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not a dickhead sports fan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that dickhead Boston sports guy. I'm a very grateful Boston sports guy. Is what I am. Um. All right. So that's good. I'm gonna stick with Boston sports, but really. I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to stick with it for my grandfather, bro. Like Grandpa Fritz, man. He got the C before he died. He was a, he was a Boston Red Sox fan his entire life. I'm not a big baseball guy myself. Okay. It's not my favorite thing. But, like, when the Red Sox around that time, like the Red Sox were like, people were just dying for it so bad. And they would just been like hurt so many years on end over and over and over again. And the, the Red Sox are so huge here. And the fact that my grandfather, before he passed away, got to see the Red Sox win a world championship, man, that was fucking special, bro. And the way that they did it with Dave Roberts stealing the base in the bottom of the ninth, the, the, the Yankees, I guess the Yankees, <laughs> Yankees are about, to sweep them three nothing, and win the the uh, the American League pennant. Dave Roberts goes in as the pinch runner after Mariano Rivera walks. Bill Miller, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Dave Roberts goes in, steals the base after Mariano Rivera like does the three pickoff moves on him, and then he finally goes to pitch. And the second he goes to pitch, he steals the damn base, beats Posada's throw. They end up coming back. They win in twelve. Ortiz in the deep right field. Back is Sheffield. We'll see you later tonight. 
come back three nothing. They win the uh, the pennant and then they win the World Series. Man, that was special for my grandfather. That's why I'm picking it number two for me. Well, that makes a ton of sense. Like I, I hate I hated the Yankees. I mean, I still don't like them, but I hated the Yankees growing up. So I was I was a Red Sox fan that year. <laughs> all right, all right. Did you like the Mets? Were you a, were you a Mets guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Mets fan. So, and that might so, that might come out in one of my picks later. You might you might hear that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah my, my father-in-law was a big Mets guy, so I I, yeah. I got uh, I got some love there. All right. So, what do you got, number three? Uh, so I'm gonna cheat a little, and uh, like I remember the '96 Olympics and Ali lighting the flame, and then Kerry Strug doing that vault on her jacked up leg, like. So yeah. you you going you going Kerry Strug? I'm, I'm going I'm going the yeah the '96 Olympics, but the Kerry Strug like I just remember Ali lighting the flame and he could you know he had yep. Parkinson's and yep. Um, so I'm just gonna take the '96 Olympics as one moment, but the two you know the two that I, that stuck out yeah. to me were were Ali and, and Strug in that vault. Bro, I had Strug on my list of like on my board here. I did like that's uh, that's like awesome. Like that, that was like not that was something else, man. The yeah. fact that like what is it, Dominique Mociano, she yeah. she fell twice, and they were like they were, it was so close to feeling like it was a shoe in that they were gonna win the gold, and then Dominique Mociano fell twice, and then it was like oh shit, like they really if they're gonna win the team gold, they need Kerry Strug now to like do well and get like a nine three something or whatever. And then she goes she falls, yeah. and falls. So it's three three falls in a row. Falls in a row, yeah. And then she starts limping on the way back. And they're like, oh, she's really hurt. She's really hurt. And then yeah. she goes and just, like, sucks it up and just runs down there and, like, does the fall and lands on one leg. One fucking like, leg, What the yeah. fuck is that, <laughs> yeah. dude? How does that happen? Like the national pride. Like, it was – it was just huge. Unbelievable. Unreal. So that was incredible. That was in, it was one of the most incredible sports things I've ever seen. Yeah. So 100%. I, I think that's a great pick, man. Love it. All right. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go. I'm a big college football guy, too. Okay. Love college football. I got some honorable mention picks that I'll throw in afterwards. But my... I was tempted to do this one, and I was very tempted to do this one, but here's the one I'm going with, brother. The 2007 Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma, Adrian Peterson, the big, strong yeah. power five against, you know, me little, little sweet little Boise State Broncos. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God, man. Like, that was, like, at a time when – I mean, Boise State was undefeated, but, like, the national media kept thinking of them as frauds. Like, the national media kept being like, these guys are going to get just rolled by Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson is going to just toss them this way, that way. And Zabransky throws the interception, and Oklahoma goes up. It's, like, seconds left on the clock. Zabransky throws, like, Zabransky, like, Jared Zabransky, like, no-name guy in in, in – the annals of football, except for this it's one play. Yep. The one play where he throws and they do the, the hook and lateral all the way down the field that gets them the touchdown with like seconds left. Then they go into overtime. And I think it might've been the first play of overtime 
when Adrian Peterson just goes 25 yards for a touchdown. And then Boise State comes down, and it's fourth down. Fourth down. And they run like a little, like, wildcat rollout to this, like, backup tight end in the back of the end zone. He gets the touchdown. And then what do they do? They're going to go for the win. They go for two for the win. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Ian Johnson. And then Ian Johnson, like, proposes to his girlfriend, who was a cheerleader. And, like, yeah. after the – with uh, in the interview after the game and shit. Dude, that game was just, like, so bananas. It was just like one of those mind-blowing games, man, where oh, you're like, yeah. I fucking love sports. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. It's so great, man. Yeah, that was, All that right. Was so that's my third pick. What do you got? Um, what do you got for number four? All right, so we talked about me being a Mets fan, right? And mm -hmm. so 86, and again, I feel bad for doing this to you, but the ball through Buckner's legs that lets them come back to win game six. Now, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was I was only three at the time, so I'm not I'm not remembering this, but it's the yeah. last time the Mets have won a World Series. You know, it, it, we are a uh, we are a tortured bunch of fans, yeah, this year included. So like the that just that that moment. I mean, like obviously, I feel bad for Buckner as a human, right? But what that meant to the Mets and to to them, because that they were good for the late '80s, you know. But that was the only time they broke through and got it, right? So that you know, there's that iconic moment that extended the curse, which you know is yep. what it is. But for the Mets, it at least got them one during my lifetime. The it's funny. It's funny about that for me. Like I was, that was probably the peak of my baseball fandom. I was 12 years old. I was, I was, so I was into the Red Sox because my brother was, my father was, right. uh, my grandfather, you know, everyone around me was. And so I, you know, inherently, I kind of just by osmosis, I, I got into the Red Sox. And I remember like, there were all these like that year, like they were, the Red Sox were really doing well. And, and I remember all these like things, my brother and I used to cut out of the fucking Boston Globe and shit of like all these like yeah. caricatures of uh of the different players i remember like rich gedman and shit like that like all these just, like different things that we would like collect and stuff but the other team that like captured my interest that year was the mets mm -hmm. interestingly enough like that was like a very fun team man yeah there was, so, there was a lot of coke going on and a lot of good baseball lots of coke and then lots <laughs> yeah. of good baseball but lots of coke in between the baseball no doubt yeah. uh but but i really loved that team too and then, so when they got, you know, when they, when they were playing, I was like, in some ways, I'm like, oh, you know, can't really lose. I love both of the right. teams, except I guess I really did like the Red Sox more because I, I remember <laughs> yeah, being well, like, yeah, heartbroken, heartbroken yeah. over the Bill Buckner thing. Yeah. 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 And that hurt a lot of people for a long time. So, um, but yeah, shout out to him for that. That's a great pick for, uh, for number four. My number four is, uh, is totally, I'm going to pivot. After this, I've definitely fell off of my NBA fandom. This was this was another one where it's kind of like the peak of my fandom for another sport. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna say when Jordan won his sixth championship for the for the Bulls, mm -hmm. I love that so much, man. Like that to me, um, that laid the groundwork to me for like me never understanding why people hated Brady so much. Because I didn't start as a Michael Jordan fan. I started to become a Michael Jordan fan and a Bulls fan by default then. Mm -hmm. When I started to appreciate, like, holy shit, like, this guy is, this motherfucker is, like, that special. 
Like this yeah. is like the best who's ever done it. Like and to 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 appreciate greatness, man. What a privilege it is to like grow up in an era at an age where I'm old, like just have become old enough to like fully appreciate everything and be like, dude, this is this is like to be able to have the privilege to watch the greatest who ever played the game at anything yeah. is really something. And it's a privilege. And I was like, dude, this is a privilege. I started rooting for Jordan because I'm like, dude, this dude is that special. So I never really understood all like the, the vitriol and the animosity against Brady. Like you cannot like Bill Belichick or any of that shit all you want. But like Brady is he's the fucking greatest, man. Like I don't understand why you like hate watching something so special and so great. It's a privilege to be able to watch it. And, and I never understood that part. But I, I really appreciated Jordan. Whatever that weird pivot was where he went to baseball for like two years there. <laughs> the Houston Rockets certainly were happy that he did. Man, but just, was, I'm a tortured Knicks fan. Yeah. So like yeah. I hated Jordan growing up because okay. he just ruined the, the Knicks every year. And then those two and years were, he was They were gone. good there for a while. Yeah. With Ewing and, and – uh, Fucking Charles Smith missing three yep. layups in a row. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to remember that name. Nobody's going to know that reference unless you're a Knicks fan. But like, he no. missed three layups in a row in the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. Cost the Knicks their championship. They're the one team I root for that I've never, I haven't been alive to, to have won a championship. Mm. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. So I can see that in a way. Uh, but I just was always a Jordan. I became a Jordan fan, and so I I loved seeing him three peat a second time when he came to, yeah. back to the Bulls. I thought that was so special. Yeah, no, in retrospect, I mean it was really special. When you're living it, losing every year, <laughs> there's, there's a right. little vitriol there, right? But yes, but in retrospect, you. you're absolutely right. Nice. All right, what do you got for number? Uh, so this is number five. What do you have for your final pick? All right, so this one nobody's gonna know. So I'm pivoting a little, but I saw this happen live. Like I was in the stadium when it happened. And so that's why it means so much to me. And so I call it, oh, he steal. So my freshman year, um, the Terps won the national basketball, men's national basketball championship. Um, and the year before, they got knocked out of the tourney by Duke when they had like a 10-point lead in the final minute. Yeah. The Terps blew it, right? So the next year, it's the last season that – the Terps old stadium, Coalfield House, is open, right? They opened this brand new fancy schmancy Xfinity Center on campus. But Coalfield House was this little shithole of a place that didn't have air conditioning. It was rusty everywhere, right? But it was where the Terps played basketball. And so Duke was the number one team in the country, and they were coming in. We The Terps were number three. And I camped out overnight for tickets, yeah. and we got to the stadium like four or five hours before tip off to get our seats right it was nuts and right before halftime steve blake is the point guard for the terps at the time and he dribbles down and he scores his first two points he, he hits a, a running layup against chris duhan and then jay williams but he's jason williams at the time jay williams like the espn anchor now right is the yep. point guard for duke and he comes down and he's dribbling and he turns around to look at this there's, there's less than 20 seconds left in the half and he turns around to look at coach K for what the play is and he's dribbling. And then he turns around to look again to coach K for what the play is. And Steve Blake shoots in and steals the ball and scores a layup with like one second left in the half to put the Terps up nine and the Terps ended up winning the game by, by a ton. But like that moment was like what the, 
what the Terp season was, right? Like they're the underdogs. They've got the number one team in the country coming in. The place is going nuts. It's like 150 degrees in the, you know, in the arena. Um, and I was there to watch it happen. Like, so it was, it was just special for that moment. And again, nobody's going to, you know, like, you can Google, Oh, he steal and Maryland yeah. on like YouTube and you can watch the play. And it's not going to mean anything to anybody, but because yeah. I was there, it was my freshman year that that's my number five pick. Awesome. Awesome, bro. Nice. I dig it. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to actually pivot on my fifth pick. I got some, I got some good, uh, some good honorable mentions to mention afterwards. Mm-hmm. But my fifth pick, my final pick here, it would have been the Carrie Strug thing, to be honest with you, because that thing, that shit blew my mind watching that. Yeah. Watching her land basically on one leg was just I'm just mind-blowing shit. So uh, because I got sniped on that one, I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to go back to college football. I'm going to say uh, the Auburn kick six back in 2013 man uh i i love college football i love special teams like that was like when i was coaching i used to i i I was a special teams coordinator like love special teams like one of those like freaks about special teams love it man and so um that watching that happen watching that happen live i remember i was at my my uh my parents house and we were decorating their christmas tree because it was uh you know, we just right, you know, mm-hmm. right after Thanksgiving, just getting all the Christmas trees going and everything else and decorating it, having a game on and then watching all that shit play out and watching that happen live. Like that was just like mind blowing to watch that happen and in the iron ball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it meant so, such a big deal to, have, you know, both sides, uh, such a classic game and to have it end like that just is was about as classic as it gets, man. So, yeah, that that having that game in that context and have it like to watch it live and to just to like be like screaming with my father they're like what did we just watch you know what i mean like just uh having that moment but also the moment in sports but also the moment with family to experience yeah. it is just a, it's a special memory so i always love that kick six man yeah whenever a play gets its own name you know it's a big thing hell yeah man that was <laughs> that was really something that was really something all right any honorable mentions for you uh, the the only one left on my list, I think, that we haven't mentioned was uh, Brandy Chastain hitting the uh, hitting the PK, yep, and then taking the shirt off and, and yep. celebrating for the for the U.S. women to win the the World Cup. That's awesome. I had that as one of my honorable mentions oh, too. And, and uh, Michael Phelps when he when they came back yep. to win the uh, the relay. Yeah. That yes. Yes, yep. I had Phelps just like when he like became the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like when it all. But you're right about that. Like that relay was like, it was probably like the most special moment of, of that. Yeah. He's a local. Like he's from Baltimore. The last time I saw him in person, he was in my courthouse as he'd just been found guilty of DUI. So that's oh okay. <laughs> that, that 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 story took a pivot. I wasn't uh, yeah. I wasn't ready for it. But. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, all right, nice. Uh, so what else did I have? I had the yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Rose Bowl, USC Texas Rose Bowl, yeah. one of the greatest college football games ever played. That Absolutely. was that was incredible. Young, Matt Liner, yeah. Um, you know the Cubs breaking. You know the you know I had the red. I I went with the Red Sox breaking their mm-hmm. curse. You know and winning it, but you know uh, the Cubs breaking a hundred and eight year old curse of their own was was a was a pretty big deal. I didn't mean a lot to me, so I didn't go with it. Yeah, um, but I know it meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, Dolphins going seventeen and all. That's what I was. I was. I was. You know, originally I was thinking 
that's amazing that they went perfect. But then I was like, you know, Patriots went 18 and 0. So I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, uh, you know, I, I didn't go with that. Um, obviously, the Patriots. Tw- it's it's probably a shock that I didn't go with the Patriots 28 to three comeback. Really. Yeah, because um, that's, that's that's about as special as it gets. That memory, so I probably should have gone with that for my fifth, but I didn't. So um, go with that. And then the other two that I put down was um, George Bush, his first pitch, pitch. Yeah. in all in all one game three of the World Series after nine mm-hmm. eleven, and like George Bush, like had that like one of the worst first pitches of all time, <laughs> like pre like uh, previously, right? And he fucking nailed that pitch, man. Like he, he, he had like a curveball going, man. Like he, like he was ready for that first pitch, man. Because that storybook, like, man. Yeah, it was like a really big moment there to, to uh, yeah. for that in that moment in that city and everything else that was uh, going on. And that was big. But also the other one I had was very similar to that. It was uh, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, saying, "This is our fucking city." Yeah. After the Boston Marathon bombs, man, yeah. like that was that was like that whole that whole fucking city was like fucking. Yeah, you get those unity they, moments are huge, man. Like, yeah, when you can bring everybody together. And that's a man who understood his city, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like this is our fucking city. To say it like that, like that's Boston right there. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, let's fucking go, bro. So that was awesome, man. All right. So this has been awesome, Bill. I really love this. This has been great. Yeah, it's been great. Hope you had a good time, brother. Um, absolutely. Fun chatting with you. Absolutely it has. And we're going to actually see each other. This is going to be interesting. We're going to see each other on a couple days. So I'm going to try to yeah. get this posted. Hopefully I can get this posted before I leave. I'm going on the Rasta Wars mobile meetup tour. Yeah. And I'm going to meet up with uh, Matt for a cheesesteak in Philly. And then I'm going to go and meet up with Bill and Sam. And then on the way back, a couple of days later, I'll meet up uh, in Connecticut with Bob. So it'll be uh, nice. it'll be cool, man. Good. So I'm looking forward great. to that, man. Um, yeah, but that'll be that. And we will be back with another episode next week. Nice. But until then, it has been awesome. Awesome, Bill. See you later, Ross